Welcome to Cursed, a bi-weekly podcast that investigates the liminal spaces, from everyday witchcraft to the haunted and the phantasmic. Hang out with us as we explore our personal experiences with the unknown and celebrate our craft. Episode 17, The Dread Goddess. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, and that who is the Dread Goddess? Cersei. So uh, real quick, we have our shout outs uh, for our patrons. Haints, we have Tori Tamara, Rachel the Pickety Witch, Corey and Lane of New World Witchery, Melissa, Joanne, Aaron, Melissa D, Cindy Brandon of Keeping Her Keys, Dakota, Chris of Pagan Ironworks, Starfriend, Ashley, Amanda, and Poltergeist. We have Randy Temple, Luna, Melissa S., Heather, Avael, Jessica, Sydney, Tiffany, Stephen, Zach, Katie, the Church Grim, and Lilith. Uh, so thank you guys. Um, you guys are getting some good perks Cricket can tell you about. Yes. So uh, every month, the um, Poltergeist level gets a personalized one-card tarot reading from me every month so uh if you are interested in that and it comes with a great little like write-up that i do about you know kind of the energies that we all seem to be experiencing and talking about all the synchronicities and the seasons and all that kind of stuff uh check it out 10 bucks a month you get uh our my fabulous notes that i do every month you get some decals i think you're going to get some new cool merch that we've got on the way hopefully pretty yeah. soon i think so, i think we're starting yeah. with pins and we're working on shirts Mm-hmm. For patrons. Maybe yes. some stickers. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so, this is a dread goddess, you say. Now, mm-hmm. um, I don't know a ton about her. I know that she's kind of connected to being possibly Hecate's daughter. Um, I kind of know part yeah. of the Odyssey story. But mm-hmm. this is all you, because you're reading a, a good book, too. We'll link. And that- yes. So, this this sort of started and came about because for... A couple of years now, there was this book out by Madeline Miller that I kept hearing about, about Cersei. And, and it's Cersei telling her own tale and her side of the story, which we never really get to see in, you know, all of the different, you know, epics that she's mentioned in. Because she's mentioned, like, over and over and over again. Like, she's uh, mentioned in the Odyssey, uh, Theogony, um, the description of Greece by, uh, you know, um, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. Um, but like, she's written about by Ovid, uh, Hyginus, Valerius, Flaccus, like over and over and over again, the ancient Greeks and even into the Renaissance period, the Romantics, the Pre-Raphaelites, they were obsessed with her because she's such an interesting character. Um, so I'm, I, I, have always sort of loved her and like that connection to Hecate and and stuff too so I really wanted to you know get this book but it kept coming out it's only ever in hardback and they wanted like $27 for a hardback book and I'm like I'll wait for the paperback and I spent two years waiting for the paperback and uh just before you know the 
pandemic started, I said, fuck it. I'm buying this fucking book for myself. It's almost my birthday. I've waited so long. I'm just going to do it. Um, and I'm really glad I did it. I think that's probably good. Because it has good been. Reason. Yeah. Um, and I think maybe on some level, I kind of knew that something was coming. And it just, it worked out that, you know, uh, it's been the perfect thing for me to read right now because it's so relevant to, I think, what a lot of us are going through. Yeah, and um, what I think is funny is uh, I, tomorrow I was like, what are you guys recording? And I'm like, oh, we're going to do Cersei because uh, Cricket had this like calling and almost like sides, like synchronicity in this book. She said, oh, my friend Katrina is reading a book about Cersei. And I'm like, what is it called? She's like, it's called Cersei. And I'm like, pretty sure it's the same book. <laughs> and it's just so weird because it, it just happened. I mean, you know, it wasn't like, oh, she read that before. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, she's reading it now. And I think that's yeah. weird. And like, we have these synchronicities and these occurrences happen, whether it's mom, Hecate, or um, a topic we want to talk about. The same thing happened with gatekeeping. It's just popping up everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that we have our finger on the pulse of the universe. We got <laughs> a finger on, on it. <laughs> yeah, um, and even like uh, a lot of the things that, you know, I wasn't really talking about it online or anything like that. I wasn't doing a lot of searches, but I, so I, I can rule out that it was like, um, you know, like YouTube algorithm or like uh, internet algorithm, you know, that kind of a thing. Like, I can rule that out. So that's not the reason why it's coming to me, but I kept seeing article after article after article or, you know, um, painting after painting or poem. She'd be the source of all these different poems and things. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? It just right. keeps happening. And right. I wasn't searching for it. I wasn't doing any like research related to the novel that I was reading uh, by Madeline Miller, which is just titled Circe, if you're interested. Um, and I'll put a link in my notes to, to uh, like Amazon for a listing where you can buy it. I think there's some used copies on there now. Um, and I think that'd be a great thing to, to read right now. Okay. Um, that's fucking cool though, because it's like, it's everywhere. Yeah. And it's such a, like, it came out so many years ago. It's like, why is everyone picking it up now, you know? Right, and that's what I think is kind of, what did it say, like 2018 is when it came out? Um, mm -hmm. That's what I think is kind of interesting, is because the minute you said it, I started seeing it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. I don't, I don't know what it's what's going on but this is a, apparently she is just not having it and she's like you know what y'all need to shut up and listen yeah. <laughs> so i wonder so, what um, um you can go into this with this episode because you have the stuff but like what you told me how relevant she seemed to be for this time which i'm very interested in learning mm -hmm. where she fits into this because Definitely. So I think with that, we really have to go back to, you know, Cersei's sort of origin story, um, where she was a very unique goddess and her parentage is somewhat debated. Um, there are some people who say that she is the daughter of Hecate. And um, there are some people who say that she is the daughter of 
the Titan of the Sun, Helios, and the uh, Os. Uh, I probably I'm probably gonna say this wrong. Um, Oceanid, maybe, or say or maybe. maybe. Um, Never heard of. Her. But uh, she's she's sort of like a sort of like a nymph of of like an ocean nymph. Uh, her name is Percy. Um, so it's sort of debated where you know the, all of these different you know classical Greek authors sort of debate on who her true parentage is. Some people say it's Hecate, some people say it's Helios. Either way, with Circe's background in witchcraft and stuff like that, which I'm sure a lot of you, just because she's so prolific in pop culture, you know, are familiar with, she's very much depicted as a sorceress. And she was actually banished for her, her sorcery because there was a lesser sea god, his name was Glaucus, and Glaucus was very like desperately in love with this sea nymph named Scylla, who was you know incredibly beautiful and you know all this kind of stuff. And Circe wanted Glaucus for herself, hmm. so she refused to give him a love potion when he requested it. And she was so jealous that she actually went and turned Scylla into the sea monster of legend. You know, she became this leviathan yeah, almost no, that was so legendary. Yeah, that you story know? Uh, sounds familiar. Like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of the lore and working with her or hearing from her but um yeah i do recall that because she turned this other kind of lesser goddess this nymph into this ferocious monster which i would almost argue was sort of a liberation kind of how we look at like um the gorgons and medusa yeah. and athena where yeah. you know it was sort of a you know i turn you into a monster to free you from the prison of you know this sort of i must have you thing from men where they're willing to do whatever it takes yeah. you know what i mean and i almost yeah. think that cersei sort of liberated scylla you know yeah. like but i digress um because the gods who by this point it was the olympians who were ruling so the titans Helios, her father, all of the titans that remained had very little power and had to bow to whatever the Olympians said, and they weren't very happy about it. But they did it because they were afraid. Um, so Zeus banished Circe to this island of Aea, Aea, Aea. 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 Um, yeah, it's like A-E-A-E-A. -E -A -E -A. That's a lot of vowels. It's a lot of vowels. Thanks, Greek. Um, but yeah, like they banished her to this island and said, you know what? You have all this power. We don't understand it. We're afraid of you. And so they sent her away and said, you know, you can't have, you know, you can't 
mix and mingle in traditional, like, quote unquote, like Olympian or Titan, like society. So they divorce her of any family, any friends, send her alone on this island out in the middle of nowhere and say, "Uh, good luck. I mean, so, I mean, (laughs) yeah. That's so similar Uh, to the Gorgon story. Uh, well, with Medusa and kind of like, oh, well, well, you're going to be, well, I guess she kind of found the, her sisters out, but they had been like banished, right? To the, an island mm-hmm. where, or they were guarding. I mean, that was kind of a big thing where, you know, they were always banishing someone to some little island and stuff like that. Because I mean, in the Mediterranean, they're everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere. You know, you can't throw a stone without hitting another island. Or a so... shunned um, woman. <laughs> With powers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with powers. I mean, yeah. But, like, so they sent her away, and, you know, she's in total isolation. And she actually uses this time to strengthen her power and teach herself, you know, pharmakeia, which is like, you know, the use of plants and witchcraft and being able to, you know, bend things to her will you know, um, right. and, and really doing the best with what she's yeah, given. Yeah, and that's what, um, and, you know, we weren't, um, you know, too far off topic when we had our second episode where we talked about using what's around you, but um, we do have mm-hmm. that, you know, planned in the future. That's going to be a few probably episodes with working with plants and like the pharmacology aspect of witchcraft. And, um, this will be a good like groundwork like you can go check that book out um get inspired um and then when we do talk about it if it's something that you're interested in it's like oh i have a kind of a knowledge now you know what i mean like i can work Mm -hmm. with cersei or channel that definitely um and not only that but i think it's not so much just the physical objects around you but doing the best with a bad situation that you're dealt which i think is where it really sort of pulls into our current situation. So, you know, she was, you know, dealt a bad hand and, you know, none of the, you know, none of her cards lined up. She had no, you know, good plays and she got exiled. She got punished, you know, for stepping into her power. And, you know, we don't necessarily know what, you know, Glaucus's intentions were, you know what I mean? Like, if he's willing to try to force someone to be in love with him via magic, what else is he willing to right. do? So, I mean, that's not necessarily the best route. So maybe this is Cersei's way of sort of protecting this this other woman. You know right. what I mean? And it's not so much that she was... I mean, how, how many times have we heard, you know... Um, these neckbeards and stuff like that on the internet who are really upset when a woman stands up to them or protects another woman and they try to paint her as vicious or jealous or because she stands in her own power and i think that maybe that's kind of what's going on with cersei here too that's so, um, like quarantining yourself <laughs> i mean sometimes you need to quarantine yourself from the fuck boys so <laughs> and uh viruses are they and not viruses. same thing? Wash your hands. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, so this is like a new, well, this is not a new thing because we did it with She Scotia, but for you and me, this is a new thing. 
So mm-hmm. hold on. Turn green. Okay. <laughs> so this is a new thing. So bear with us. I'm going <laughs> to edit this as best. But um, hopefully we won't have to do this forever. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, it just feels, again, mm-hmm. like the stuff we've had with Hecate. And it feels like those, like lately, those weird signs. And then even still with Hecate, you start talking to people and it's like, oh, I found your show on Hecate. And like, it spoke to me and I've just seen this or just done that. So I think Cersei is just another um, aspect of this that's like, I think, an awakening. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And I think that it's not only that, but it's not so much that I think that these goddesses and, and, and deities really, because I think it's not just the goddesses because I've seen it a lot with the horned one too. And we'll do that episode. Um, (laughs) That's just, I need to do a lot of research. So it's going to be a long episode. That might be like a three parter. Might be a six parter. (laughs) We're going to have to get like Megan back on too. Oh, hell yeah. I have her read some Gemma Gary. Mm -hmm. Hell yes. Um, but yeah, like, uh, it's, I think that these deities are not only really want us sort of, you know, to, I think it's, I think saying, you know, they want to sort of like collect us is sort of a little bit, it, it, it's, I feel like it's not quite right. I think it's sort of right. And I think that they like being able to say, look at the wonderful people who, you know, turn to me for advice, for help, for, you know, an extension to their power, for knowledge. You know, I think that that's a wonderful thing. And I think that they take a lot of pride in that. But I think it's, it's less of like a, uh, that professor in Harry Potter, who was constantly like collecting his more famous or really intelligent students and stuff like that, and was, you know, putting on airs and things like that. It's less that and more of a, you know, it's less of a, like a, a notch on their bedpost and, and saying, you know, look at all of the wonderful things I have. It's more of a, you know, I'm proud of the things that I'm able to do. You know what I mean? And I think, I think it's also partly because we are all suffering so much right now. And we have been for the past few years. And I think that most of the deities that we are talking about are not, they're not ones to sort of bend to another's will. They're not ones to allow themselves to wallow in pity and self-sacrifice and suffering and, and, and sort of allow others to, to feel helpless and defenseless. I think that they genuinely want to help others and protect others. And, and 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 help us see the worthiness and the strength within ourselves. So I think that you know the fact that they are reaching out to us is a real marker for partly our potential and the potential that they see within us. I think it's it's sort of a, an act of of tenderness. Of I mean, to me, I get what you're saying because I don't think it's like a collection or oh, I need these people. I think it's the mindset of the societies or the mindset and the shift and the changing i don't want to sound too new agey and bullshit but i think what we're presented with not in just this country but across the world is tapping into those energies and i think we're becoming more aware of those types of figures and goddesses and gods that tap into that same energy and so i don't think it's i don't think it's like 
oh, I want this done. I'm going to go call a bunch of people. It's like with the horned one, the old one, the like with Hecate, Cersei, the Morgan, all these other goddesses. It's like the shift is changing for that mindset of there's a lot of injustice and there always has been. But lately, it's mm-hmm. just, it's, there's so much that's needed as far as like protecting one another, standing up for one another. It's not just good enough to uh, save your own ass. You know what I mean? It's, it's about mm-hmm. community. And I think that consciousness shift in individuals is what maybe sparks a bridge to those types of influences and energy. And then if you decide to pursue those, then it's like you're going to knock on the door of one of these figures. But I think you automatically insert yourself into this almost this like frequency that they're on. You start noticing, and it's not just one or the other. It's like you start seeing all of it. And it's kind of like just, I think, an energy shift on like, okay, well, this is what needs to happen now. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of like standing up for each other, um, defending those who can't. Um, offering your voice, like we talked about before, to a group who might need it, and then you might need a voice. So I think it's, um, like you mm-hmm. said, they're not just these dark figures and these um, powerful, which they are, but they're also very, like, that tenderness and kind of that protectiveness. Mm-hmm. That is also part of all of it. Yeah, but I think that that comes with time, too, because, I mean, that's not how mom first <laughs> no. appeared to me, yeah. you know? Like, that took that took a really long time for, you know, that sort of very, like, nurturing, motherly, sort of uh, tender, comforting sort of side to really show itself to me. And I realized that, you know, the austerity and severeness of her initial appearance is really a protective thing. You know what I mean? Not only to to me and to the rest of the people that 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 join her, that that look to her, but also to others who would seek her and try to use her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think it's sort of a it's 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 an emotional wall almost, and it doesn't mean that that person is cut off or distant or you know unfeeling i think that's the opposite i think it's that you have to earn trust you know right and i think it's a personal growth too on your end you yeah i think you are open more to one of these deities or anywhere near one dimension but i think we start on these paths one dimensional and they were it it might be a little bit of both. They might reveal more to us as we pursue the path in ourselves and try to evolve and, you know, grow ourselves. But then we're also opening all these other doors that we didn't have before. So we're seeing more in depth of like what she offers. Now, obviously there's differences where I've, she's come to me very like sweet and motherly and other times where it's been like, like a defense or very, you know, sometimes it's very close and warm, sometimes it's very cold and distant. Mm-hmm. It's never not a light in the dark, but there's varying degrees. And I think is mm-hmm. that combination of trust, the relationship and building, and also like your, you advancing as a soul, as a spirit in your practice or in mm-hmm. your conscious are going to be more or able to receive all the little 
nuances that most people might not want. And I mean, you don't, let's be honest, you don't get those in the Abrahamic religions. You don't, it's black and white. There's no nuance. There's no, I mean, God's a prick. Jesus is cool. Um, Somehow they're related. Uh, (laughs) And the devil is a meanie, but like, is he though? So, I mean, it's just, it's very like, it's so, it's easy because it doesn't need you to think much and doesn't want you. But this, like, witchcraft, working with these particular deities uh, or just yourself, it's all about personal exploration and it's all about personal growth and personal change and discovery and exploration. Um, where you're not mm-hmm. signing off yourself as a empty shell sheep robot and saying, do this because I'm done. Like, you've got this. No, even if you're by yourself, an atheist, an animist, or follow a deity or a devotee of anyone or work with several, I think it's all about personal growth. And that's why you tap into these energies um, at times mm-hmm. like this. And we're very familiar with uh, some of these energies, the call yeah. of just from an environmental standpoint, society, culture, everything right now with a pandemic and you're trying to be there for others by staying home or um, doing what you can to help. Uh, So it just, I think it's just, again, like we keep saying is this, these times call for that kind of layered, like dark goddess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I 100% agree. And it's just something I, I don't know. I've always tended to like goddesses who have a bit of a backbone, a little bit of a bite to them more, you know? And I think that's, that's because I've always sort of needed somebody who, you know, had that backbone, who had that bite to them because I've just, there's been so much trauma that I need that sort of strength to lean on, to borrow sometimes, you know, to, to find within myself, because I, just like in my, you know, the last episode, when I talked about how mom talked about, you know, I, I am, I am part of her, you know, and, and that's, and that's exactly it. I am, I am divine, you know? So I think it's really about finding that within yourself and i think that's what a lot of these goddesses can can really teach us um along with so many other things so many other things but it's never there's never any strength in cruelty no yeah and i think that that's the thing is that they keep being painted as someone who is very cruel and unjust when in actuality they are the bringers of justice they are the ones who are wielding the sword of justice it's just that the people who are telling the story don't like (laughs) feel like that sword is being turned against them so they try to tell a different story you know what i mean yeah they're gonna paint it uh through a lens of you know patriarchy they're gonna paint it through a lens of this person is the hero and, and, you know, this sorceress goddess is, you know, an obstacle to, to overcome. Just like when, you know, Cersei was portrayed in, you know, um, the Odyssey, uh, with, 
Odysseus. You know, Odysseus and his men come to her island and, you know, camp on this, you know, island for, for days and go up to her house and, you know, start, you know, knocking on the door and saying, you know, we need shelter, we need food, this and that and the other. And the sea is not a kind place. And living on an island as a woman by yourself is an incredibly dangerous thing, even if you are a goddess. Um, and I will warn anyone that um, there is mention of sexual assault in the book. So that is a warning. Um, if you struggle with that, you know, if you need to prepare beforehand, if, you know, you maybe need to skip it altogether, you know, message me and I'll let you know um, where it is because it hit me when I wasn't expecting it and it kind of messed me up. But um, that is the point where she decides that this is her island. She is a sorceress. She has this magic. She can protect herself with it. And, you know, she uses these herbs to turn Odysseus's men into pigs. I mean, she puts the herbs into the wine, which they, her wine, which she offers them, and they drink it. And she turns them into pigs, which I think is incredibly fitting. I think that these, you know, these mixes of herbs, which actually you know, have been like the contents of the mix that she used has been widely, widely debated. Um, but in the 16th century, yes, um, it was uh, thought that, you know, they were constantly trying to figure out what was in her herb blend that changed these men. And any plant that was sort of in that family where mm. it could be was actually mm. given the name, um, Circea, so they named them after her, which I think is fantastic. Um, there's possibility that Datura mm. could be part of it. Um, also, there's a plant that's con uh, that's um, mentioned over and over again called Molly, which is M O L Y, um, and the description of it actually fits the snowdrop, oh. which contains. Uh, Galantamine, which is a long-lasting, um, big long word, anticholinesterase. What? I did my best. Um. <laughs> um, but like, it has like all of these like psychoactive, psychogenic like effects on the body, and can even be a poison if taken too much. But all of these sort of plants that you know they thought might be in this mixture that she put into the wine to change these men, you know, they gave them the name Circea, which I think was really cool. Which is so funny because Tamara sent me a picture. She was on a walk, and she was like, "Oh my God, these are snowdrops!" But they were actually, uh, what are they called? They look like snowdrops, but they're not snowdrop. Lily of the Valley. Lily of the Valley. That's what she was talking. About. Oh, damn. she thought they were Lily of the Valley, but they weren't Lily of the Valley. They were snowdrop. Yeah, there's a there's a house uh, just up the road from me that actually has some snowdrops that I I picked and put on my altars, um, not too long ago. Uh, and I'm just I, snowdrops make me really happy. And um, it's funny, you know. There's a there was a house that I was at 
where there was a person that I should not have known and should not have been seeing. Um, and outside of the house was planted like Lily of the Valley. And now that I'm thinking back on it, I'm like, oh, somebody was telling me something I wasn't paying attention to. <laughs> and that one was actually like Lily of the Valley. I got up close to it and I'm like, oh, fuck. And, but, and I wanted to like take a picture or pick some. And it was like, I, I didn't. I just didn't for some reason. Funny what... is because she was so excited that it was Lily of the Valley. And then when I said, no, I think that's a snowdrop. She was like, damn. I thought it was like, but it's, like, there's still relevance behind the snowdrop. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the fact that, you know, Molly is considered to be, you know, the plant that is referenced over and over and over again in um, Madeline Miller's book as, you know, one of the, you know, holy plants that, you know, is only only sprouts from where like um like the blood of the gods has been spilled that's yes yeah so they're saying that that is possibly like the snowdrop uh, i've also seen it i think um cindy brannon also wrote an article recently that relates to cersei and it's even you know written i think she wrote it just a couple of weeks ago so it talks about you know reaching out to her and talking to her during this time period and you know why that's a good idea um but i think the she said it might be um dit didn't didn't a creep it's like d-i-t-t-a-n-y yeah, like creep i think is how it's yeah because yeah. i have we have some dried that here yeah well, fuck yeah well um <laughs> that's awesome but there, there, all these like little white flowers are supposedly, you know, very well associated with her, and you know, are sort of considered to be, you know, possibly Molly or anything like that, because we don't really know what it is nowadays. And I mean, it may be something that has grown and evolved into something else, or, you know, it was used into oblivion, kind of like it was with, um, uh, what was the plant that had the heart-shaped seeds that the the Romans used for birth control and they used it so much. They actually like made the plant extinct. I know what you're talking about. I'll have to look it up. Um, I'll put that in the notes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I, I think it could be that kind of a situation too, where, you know, it was over harvested to the point where, you know, it, it doesn't exist anymore. Take all of these different plants, these circicaea, which I just, I fucking love that word. Um, and you know, mix them up into this blend and put them into this wine and, and transform these men into, you know, pigs, which I think is really, you know, fitting. She would change these men into the beasts. And I think it's not so much that she wanted them to change into a specific shape. I think it's more that they changed into a shape that was more fitting to the way that they behaved. Of... Yes. Um, and it was, it's just, it's fascinating because she's, she's noted as turning, um, there was a king, I think, uh, of like a little small, like island or something, uh, that she actually turned into a woodpecker. Um, you know, she was noted as, as possibly turning, you know, men into, um, wolves as well, uh, which I think is really interesting. So, you know, it's. I think it's less that, you know, 
she had control over the shape that she wanted them to turn into. And I think it's more that the herbs really. I kind of like that idea that more that it was like, well, this is to me, it, it feels kind of like when I do the not spells and I usually don't have a specific goal in mind. I'm calling for either justice or to let the, like, they're the ones basically chipping away at the foundation of all the shit they're doing. And I'm just going to help push it along. And like the house of cards falls on them and, and it just kind of works out with however, and it's usually, I'm not going to say it's always kind of ironic or tongue in cheek, but there are times where it's kind of like, well, I mean, you, that's what, you were doing and that's what is causing a problem with everybody and that's what you got fucked over yeah. so i like that idea instead of yeah. just saying i'm gonna do x y and z and you're gonna become this it's gonna be i'm gonna do x y and z and then what comes will be very fitting and so i just i like that idea that it wasn't necessarily i'm gonna turn you into pigs it's gonna be well let's fucking see because yeah and i mean i think with cersei one of our biggest lessons is that you know there is power in knowledge and I think that that's the thing is that her power really comes from understanding the pharmacaea that she worked with, you know, all of these different, you know, plants that she like understood what they do. And I think that that's more of it is that her power comes from a deep understanding of what that plant is, it can be used for and what it's good for. And so it's not so much that she used it as a as a transformation. I think that it's she used the medicine to of of the plants to sort of um reveal their true nature, yeah. you know? Um especially when, you know, she's threatened. I mean, these these people these she doesn't know these men. You know, they're coming on to her to her island messing with her shit you know, hunting the animals that are hers, which a lot of them, you know, she had all of these, she was, you know, uh, portrayed as being, you know, incredibly fierce, incredibly beautiful, you know, so it was also, she had that sort of duality of, I'm afraid of you, but good God, you're sexy. You know what I mean? And it's, that's, that's a fucking dream anyway. Everybody wants to feel that way at least once. (laughs) Um, but like, you know, and she's surrounded by wolves and lions and tigers who just sort of, you know, come to her at her will and, you know, are her familiars. Yeah, so, she's a bad bitch. Yes, yeah, she but like, is. I think, I think her, um, like her saying, you're coming to my island, like echoes the whole um, thing that we talked about and did with the boundaries, setting your boundaries and you're mm-hmm. drawing that chalk circle. And like, mm-hmm. that's just very fitting of that idea of you're here you're in my fucking space and i'm gonna take what i do best to defend myself i hope they're here for it's like no fuck these motherfuckers coming up here (laughs) so it all i think it all ties in too Yeah, I mean, they didn't ask for permission. They just came in and were like, yeah, we're going to use this island. You know, we don't fucking care. They were there for three days before they even realized she was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, like, uh, no, no, no. You got to you gotta talk to the fucking person who owns the land first. You don't just go, you know, camp on somebody else's land and say, oh, well, we just needed a place to crash. So, like, no, you can't sleep on my front step. Get the fuck out. What in the fuck like, is you no. doing here? Yeah. 
why are you eating up on my fish and killing all my animals? Get the fuck yeah. out of here. Like, what, what's her connection with like Medea? So her connection with Medea is that Medea is actually her niece. Okay. Cause I knew there was a connection. I couldn't remember. Because yes. Medea it would be so, one of the priestesses of Hecate, and very famous for, um, what is it, Jason? Yes, Jason and the Argonauts. And Jason actually stole the golden fleece from Circe's brother, King Aedas, who was also a very power, powerful sorcerer as well. fuck with this family. Um, I mean... Yeah, her her other siblings were also... Uh, it also came out that they were also... Um, incredibly powerful sorcerers as well um her sister pacifay was the um wife of king minos and actually birthed the minotaur oh yeah so that's her sister and it's you know in the book um you know cersei is actually present for that and it's 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 good it's good I can't, I can't heap enough praise on this book. And I actually haven't finished it yet. <laughs> um, Cause it's, it's, it's a, it's a good chunk of paper, but it's, it's worth it. And I think we need a long sort of tale that takes its time and, and doesn't necessarily like Tolkien-esque, like describe every blade of grass, take it time, right. take its time, but sort of, you know, savors, her magic and her growth and her experience and and, and you know good. i mean it's really quarantine. good yeah and i think it's it's really fitting because it's you know doing the best with a bad situation and all the different little lessons that we really need to learn right now and and finding strength in yourself finding divinity in yourself you know accepting your power um you know like using the best with what you've got whether it's the physical things around you or a shitty situation um you know, and, and that's something that I've been kind of trying to work on too, because with me, you know, I've been having a lot of really bad, like trauma flashbacks and stuff like that. Cause I have some trauma anniversaries coming up, you know, in, in April and May. And it's really hard because I'm not able to go and do the things that I normally do, especially since, you know, my birthday is next week and everything, you know, uh, usually this is a time where I'm taking trips up to the Blue Ridge Mountains. This is a time when, you know, I am going out to eat and seeing friends and doing all these things. And that kind of helps as a distraction. But this year, I'm really having to sit and take stock of the way I'm feeling and feeling it fully because I feel so isolated. And I see so much of people who are doing incredible things, uh, like, you know, um, people who are using this time to work on a creative project or, you know, really help to set different, you know, um, like schedules for themselves and, and work on, you know, setting good habits and things like that. And for me, it's been more difficult because I've been really struggling. And I, I think for me, it's been like, I think we've talked before about depression naps and stress naps and stuff like that. And I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah. And it's a, it's a natural stress response. I mean, even if you're not experiencing, you know, trauma flashbacks and things like that, being in this kind of a situation where you can't, you can't fight 
the virus. You can't fight being isolated. You can't, you know, in a physical way, you can't um, run from it. You know, so I think you're sort of like frozen and you go into like a hibernation sort of or play dead sort of mindset where your body is just so stressed and so so overworked. Even if you're not doing as much as you normally do, you just need more sleep. But I think we talked about in the the last episode, you know, the dream episode where uh, sleep is where we do most of our healing. Even physically, our bodies tend to use that time to repair more. This is the time that, you know, we use to subconsciously examine, you know, the events of the day, the events of our lives and go over them and and decide how we want to process them. It's our way of giving ourselves therapy. So if your body is telling you to sleep, listen to it. And, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that when we go through something traumatic, which I believe we all are right now, I had to line up at 7.30 this morning to go make sure that I was early enough in line to get toilet paper. You know, like everybody is going through something incredibly traumatic. Even if you haven't lost your your work life, you've lost your social life, you know? And I mean, some people were stuck in places with people they don't want to be stuck with whether that's abusive household or things like that. Like sometimes work or school was the only escape for some of these people. And it's, there's a Mm -hmm. lot to factor in and there's a lot that's going on. Um, Yeah. And right now is just a very chaotic time. It seems there's so much like unknown. How long is this going to last? Like, is everybody or my friends and family going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? What do you do? And they're, you know, it's just, it's a rough time. And so it it is a time where yeah. you're going to try to like look to yourself or to outside influences, or maybe they're trying to call to you, but there's a, um, there's a, I think there's a lot to be said about having those uh, boundaries for a reason and you know, doing your best, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's hard, especially um, like you said, you've got your anniversaries stuff coming up mm-hmm. and I've got, I mean, I've, had problems with depression ongoing mm-hmm. for as long as I can mm-hmm. remember, especially because you have to, you have to be like, okay, what's the difference between keeping myself occupied and productive versus manage slipping back during all of this into yeah. those um, negative uh, habits or whatever, like stress napping or <laughs> depression napping. But then sometimes yeah. you're just fucking tired. Yeah. And I think that, I think, sometimes we put too much pressure on ourselves to, to do too much. You know what I mean? Like I need to, you know, I, I, I think we sort of glorify busy. Yeah. I don't think it has to be like busy, busy, but like you said, as long as it's something that's worth it or to you or valuable to you, I think that's a capitalist bullshit. Like, you know, you have to be doing something to be worthy. Like you can, if the only way you're getting through this is by like literally just watching Tiger King and those, then you do that. Now, if people are, if people are listening to this Friday, then you should know that we're going to try to have a live quarantine show on Saturday on Podbean, our host. Um, so if you don't follow us on Podbean, go follow us. This is a little plug before we get back into Cersei. Follow us on Podbean. Day of, I think when we start, we can post a link on our Instagram, on our Discord. Uh, but 
we don't have a topic other than we just want to like talk to you guys. You can call in, you can chat through the thing. Like you can literally, I think, call in and we can have you on and talk to you. You can ask questions. You can um, fucking tell us stories, um, your ghost stories, things like that. Um, but if it goes really well and it's fun and it's exciting, like that's something we can do too. And it's something to just keep people occupied and an outlet maybe for some people. Like I think the discord has been a good outlet for people meeting people and connecting. So if you're not on the discord, you're missing out on some, everything from like informative to funny to like, there's just a lot of good stuff going on that we're trying to like keep, you know, us occupied. I don't know. I fell on a TikTok hole, so I don't, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm the only person who's not on TikTok. I'm 34. Uh, <laughs> it's almost a, I think the quarantine is like, oh, are you in, a millennial, an elder millennial. Time <laughs> but see, it's like, I'm 27 and it's like, what's, I, I, I know what TikTok is, but why? I mean, it, is it, is it like Vine? Is it? It's, I like, think so. It's, I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, you'll see. You'll all see. Oh, um, no. But... <laughs> no. Uh, so anyway, um, back to Cersei. What other, I guess, is there anything else in the book that you want to touch on? Not just the book, but anything outside of the book with her that you've noticed or want to touch on? Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just shocked at how frequently she, she keeps coming back up. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, she's always been a character, sort of like Medusa, that I've always sort of been drawn to, been fascinated with. I love Medusa. Oh, same. It's sort of, she's sort of that anti-hero, sort of feminine villain who really is doing the right thing. She's just being painted in a certain way that I've always sort of been really drawn to. I mean, uh, even whether it's poetry, you know, I've got several different poems and stuff like that that I plan on linking in um, the show notes. I've got um, I actually found a couple of really cool articles that talk about all of her different depictions through history, uh, back uh, all the way back to the ancient Greeks, as far as like pottery and things like that, when they'd put her, uh, her likeness on pottery to, you know, like her depictions on, you know, television as like a sorcerer archetype on, you know, all these different, you know, TV shows and stuff like that to, you know, the, um, the Waterhouse paintings, he painted her over and over and over again. And, and I think that he was sort of obsessed with her like I am. Right. And she's just, she's stunning. She's absolutely stunning. It, it, and it's not really, it, there's just something about that sort of knowing her power and knowing her worth that I just find really awe-inspiring. You know what I mean? Yes. And And I just want to like, delve into that and like learn as much as I can because she's just fascinating. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those um, figures that like stands the test of time because it speaks to real shit that people relate to whether you're a witch or not. I mean, I think there's certain reasons why like, I mean, there's so many things from that we get from like Greek mythology. There's so many mm -hmm. stories that have been re written or kind of like updated or just you know retold but mm -hmm. there's a reason things like or people like medusa hecate um medea cersei like 
there's a reason these figures stand the test of time because they relate to um I mean they you know what I mean they speak to that yeah and I would I would argue Persephone too I mean Persephone yes, is yes, one yes, of yes. The most I know there's more <laughs> um, yeah like the most written about illustrated you know mused upon goddesses ever and i think that's part of the reason why is we love that duality we love seeing her because we all face challenges in life we all struggle with something and i think being able to see her go through kind of just the same as circe just the same as as so many of these goddesses see her struggle and see her take her her trauma her pain her bad situation and turn it into her power is something that we all aspire to it's something that we all want and i think that's part of our fascination is that we want to sort of like figure out how how their minds work how they did that you know how and and find a way to sort of incorporate that into our own magic and 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 use that medicine on ourselves um because it is so awe-inspiring you know it's yeah and that's like the other thing too is you know cersei and these figures like do it themselves mm -hmm. they're not a figure that says i got my power from this or i got my power from this i mean yeah they'll have like you know the deity or they'll have like the lineage or the the parents or something in whatever these lures, but you don't hear them say like, I was gifted this or done that. It's usually like that idea that either they were slighted or an injustice happened to them and they're going to their own power and they are using it to either defend themselves, stand up for themselves or display. Cause I mean, as much as you want to talk about the Persephone thing, I mean, it's a, there's a, there's a dark undertone there mm-hmm. kidnapped by Hades that, um that doesn't always get faced but i mean mm-hmm. it's like bitch fucking queen of hell you know what i mean like um yeah it's just i mean it, even even now even in the way that she's written about you know when we talk about um the man who went through the trials to go to the underworld um was that orpheus and eurydice where he tries to bring his his love back to life by going to the underworld. Yes, um, but even the way that um, Persephone is sort of perf- portrayed and and speaks and and the way that Hades speaks to her through these myths, he reveres her. He he defers to her. She is the one who passes judgment. She is the one who assigns the trial. She is the one who wields the power. And I think that's something that's sort of glossed over very, very frequently, but he defers to her. He is the one that brought her there. And then he allows her, not not so much allows, but encourages. Yes encourages her to rule you know in a in a society where so often you know women were silent yeah not by choice 
you know, right. where they where they didn't hold a lot of power. We we have these women who shake off the shackles of the patriarchy and say, nah, fuck that, fam. I'm gonna do what I fucking want to and you're gonna like it. And yeah. I guess that, you know, he 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 reveres that and and thinks that that's more powerful than than what he can contribute and in a way it is because you know it was it was given to him it was assigned to him and i think that he was never really happy with his post you know what i mean he kind of got what was left yeah so um yeah he didn't he was just kind of like assigned it yeah but I, I i don't know they're the initial like bond between them the quote-unquote kidnapping the uh-huh. it's interesting because it's been explored over and over and over again because that shift from you know forgettable goddess of spring flower maiden to literally queen of hell is is so drastic right and it's not like she's not even painted in a um i mean you would at the time it's not like she was painted in this like you know nefarious looking or scary kind of oh i rule the underworld like she still has that spring maiden floral like Mm -hmm. but you almost have to wonder if there was a predisposition just kind of like with a lot of these you know it in getting coming back to Cersei you know with Madeline Miller's depiction of Cersei and her siblings there was always sort of an under underlying undertone of they might have some kind of gift but it was very like below the radar there was something else going on there and it, 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 you almost wonder if there was already a predisposition within them. And I wonder if there was maybe a predisposition within Persephone as well that he sort of saw and said, you don't belong here in anonymity, just being another fertility goddess. Right. You know, right. Like you, you are some, you trade and, and she traded that for i mean i would say that she's one of the most loved and recognized goddesses in the greek pantheon you know and even outside of the greek yeah i mean the the myth is taught told over and over and over again you know i learned it in school like at least three times (laughs) i mean you say persephone people recognize the name they Mm -hmm. recognize the overall story Mm -hmm. they don't they might not know the ins and outs, but they they definitely know uh, the story of what happened to Persephone. Uh, yeah. So I mean, yeah, even outside of the Greek pantheon, it's kind of yeah. I mean, we we talk about Orpheus and Eurydice. That's also one of the very famous ones. But people have to sit there and go, is that the one where even me, who who reads mythology as much as she can, you know, had to go back and go, is that the one where, eh, and look it up to make sure. Exactly. No one ever has that hesitation with Persephone, right. ever, ever. You know, and we yeah. do the most growth from 
from pain, from suffering, the things that make us want to scream or cry, you know, it's the things that challenge us just kind of like when we talk about, you know, working out or doing certain, you know, uh, mental exercises or learning and stuff like that, you know, mastering a new subject, you're going to struggle, you're going to falter, you're going to say, oh my God, am I just not meant for this? Am I not any good at it? <laughs> you know, is it, it, do I not have the predisposition to do it? But I think that it's that persistence and that that unwillingness to get up and uh, give up and 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 that want to do it so bad that you're willing to maybe suffer a little bit for it you're willing to endure you're willing to make the most of yeah. a bad situation that i think is when we 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 do a lot for ourselves yeah um it makes a big difference too because at the risk of sounding like, I mean, because I've, we've all had a lot of us, especially if we've turned to paganism or witchcraft or whatever, or podcasting. Mm -hmm. No, um, most of us have <laughs> um, experienced um, some very rough things in our life. And I think part of it too, another reason it speaks to us is it's the whole kind of idea of being thrown to the, the wolves and then coming back and leading the path. Like, yeah you're not if you're not put through your paces or you've not and i'm not saying that it makes it okay but mm -hmm. you find a strength that you wouldn't have known otherwise or power you wouldn't have known otherwise it doesn't Absolutely. make it easy yeah. and it doesn't mean it's okay and it doesn't mean it should happen to people but i think that's another reason when you look at medusa and you look at like violations and the way things are treated and it's like I mean, you might say, oh, they turned into this mean sorceress or this monster, but it's like, yeah, motherfucker, come get some. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's that. She got turned into, you know, a, a powerhouse of protection, you know, like, uh, yeah, right. you know, yeah. And, and it's not so much that, you know, you have to do things, you know, you have to suffer to be great or you have to. You know, it, it's not so much that the gods want you to suffer so that you can do well. It's not so much that, you know, everything happens for a reason. I, that's not it. I think sometimes you just get dealt a shitty hand, you know? Yeah. But, and I, mean, I mean, basically, like, and I might fuck this up because I don't remember all of it. But when you talk about somebody like Medusa, mm -hmm. like, she was basically kind of seen as like a nobody. And, mm -hmm. right? And then she was, through, a, she was a priestess in a temple. Right. And then I think she was like, oh, she was like violated in a temple. Yeah, right? she was. Yes. And instead of this, like her deity saying, like, which I forget, instead of saying, like, oh, you know, you poor thing, it was more like, you've desecrated this temple, get out. Mm hmm. I don't know. There's something was, about that word. It, it was painted as a punishment, you know, that, right. you know, oh, how dare you desecrate my temple, you know. Um, see, to me, is like there's in that story, there's no compassion for her being a woman or a priestess, um, mm -hmm. and be it the mindset of the time or whatever. But to me, you look at that and you say, This is somebody that, despite what the fucking goddess that she was following did to her, you know, it's like she, you know, existed. I mean, she, you know, she met the Gorgon sisters and all that, but it's like, 
you know, those whole whole stories, and I think that's kind of why they endure, is because of that, like, the trial, tribulation idea. Mm-hmm. Because everyone struggles with something, you know, and it's... Yeah. Um... And everybody's used to, especially in certain situations like this, you're used to being painted as the bad guy or the monster, mm-hmm. or you're not really a victim. You're just looking for attention or you're just doing that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's, the only person... That so often with, you know, mental health or even, you know, physical health or, you know, being a pagan, people think it's an act to get attention or be edgy or this or that or the other, you right. know? And for some people, I mean, maybe that is part of it, but so what? Well, and I think there's, like I said, we've, we've said it before, the, the draw to witchcraft and paganism, mm-hmm. whether you're from a religious household or you grew up a certain way, the power lies within you. We're not talking about gatekeepers and all that bullshit that try mm-hmm. to say you have to be all this, but like it's self-empowerment. It's, okay, I might have helpers and friends and guys on both sides. Um, I might have a deity I work with, but the power comes from you and that's never not been where it comes from. And so I think it's a way for those individuals who feel like they've had their voice taken or that they had a voice can find it. And I think that's, again, why you see these figures being tied to sorcery and witches. And the witch has always been this figure in lore and history of just, like, nobody fucking wants to deal with it and they're scared or they're shunned, but then they also are the ones that have the power who mm-hmm. can divine and have answers. So it's like this, you know, I think the witch has always been that in, like enduring definitely you know it yeah and that sort of archetype of of someone who is feared because they are powerful and people do not understand their power but yet they're willing to take the risk to go see them even if it means that they could you know lose their own life or lose something precious to them you know they're willing to go see them you know uh just like uh with cersei uh when jason and medea were fleeing from uh king aetis uh, after they had stolen the Golden Fleece, they came to Cersei for help. They actually showed up on her island and said, you know, we're, we're running away. We're running from your brother. We need help. You know, and, and sought out her witchcraft to save them. You know, even though it could cost them a delay and make them not get away. You know what I mean? So... Yeah. It, people have always been coming to the witch, even when they are feared. The direct offspring of Hecate, she's she's worked with Hecate. She knows Hecate. She yeah. it, they deal it, they deal in the same realms. You know what I mean? Like they've 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 met. They've had discussions. You know. They've they've sat by the hearth <laughs> in 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 Herthy's, uh, Cersei's home. You know, and and drank some wine and said. Can you believe these fuckers? Like seriously, I can't. <laughs> right. Um, with this whole quarantine thing, like, what? Um, what is your biggest like takeaway from you, the activity she's been kind of presenting to you and others? Um, is it just that connection to like feeling like you might need to stand your ground or set up borders or kind of? I think it's all of it. I think it's, you know, knowing yourself and knowing 
knowing your opponents, whether it's something that's intangible like a virus, uh, whether it is a, you know, a person, you know, and, and really knowing, planning ahead and, and, and setting up your boundaries and taking precautions. I think it's learning to be comfortable with being alone and, and finding ways to occupy that time. I think it's about leaning into that, you know, aloneness and using it in a way that is productive, whether it's, you know, you need to sleep, you need to rest, you need to take stock of your mental health or, you know, hey, you know, maybe you should really clean and organize your room. And, you know, there's some really great stuff out there by Marie Kondo about, you know, uh, decluttering and getting rid of things you don't need. You know, that applies. Uh, th I've seen great articles by Matt Oren about how that applies to shadow work too. This is a great time for that. You know, I think we keep talking about that, but I think shadow work is sort of a never ending process. So. And that'll be. That's something to always sort of keep an eye on, even if you're not actively working with it, you know, just tune in occasionally and say, how am I doing? Am right. I, is I mean, that's been I'm like born? a yeah. ongoing thing for me. And it's like, of course, mm -hmm. quarantine just kind of gives you more. Yeah. I think to kind of, yeah. which doesn't mean you, you don't have to, that's not something you're comfortable with doing at a time like this. There's mm -hmm. enough stressors as it is. Yeah. I think isolation can kind of be a mirror too. I mean, you have to sit down with yourself and your own thoughts and say, all right, what's up? Yeah. It's, and then you have to kind of like learn how to relate to yourself. It's, it's all of it. It's knowing thyself. It's being bold. It's knowing your enemy. It's standing your ground. It's being comfortable in isolation. It's all of it. Everything. I think all, it, she's just, the exact thing that we need to sort of muse on and and figure out what it what lessons we need to take away from her because I think that there's something that each of us can learn from her. I don't think it's just you know. Oh no, of course, and I think um, again, it's kind of one of those things that mirrors either where we're at or what we're looking for or mm -hmm. energies that are shifting or changing because I mean. I don't know. Like to me, what are the odds that between listeners and friends and we just bring it up and it was just kind of a, well, we've had to change around our schedule about mm -hmm. two things. And um, so it's like, okay, well, we know we wanted to do this. So let's move this here and there. And then it's kind of like, oh, well, I'm reading this book, Cersei, and it's really tapping into a lot. Let's do that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know much. About it. And then it was just like it, the few people that I just mentioned it to were like, oh, yeah, you know, so it's, you know, a synchronicity. It's one of those. Um... A synchronicity or a, a, everyone's feeling sort of a pull to that right now. Um, yeah. It's, it's great. And I think that maybe there's a reason that, you know, all of our stuff kind of got off the rails for a minute there. And we're like, uh, uh, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So... And I mean, sometimes like, it's not like we're just pulling random topics out but it's like you know what this might be time for this and i mean sometimes things pop up unexpectedly and they just then you're kind of surprised yeah and they just they resonate right like i mean kind of like the the gatekeeping episode we knew mm -hmm. we wanted to do one and 
okay, that's cool. But it was just so poignant on like when we decided, like, yeah, now is the time. And then, you know, we thought, well, we've been talking about doing dreams. It keeps getting put off since like December, January. So let's just do dreams. And then all these people were telling me like they just had this dream and all this and that. So I think, yeah, it just kind of happened. Sometimes we're even led, even though we have all these ideas written down in this long list of what to record on. It's like things put themselves where they need to be, I think. Yeah, definitely. So um, even if Discord doesn't work for a fucking hour and a half <laughs> till you figure it out. Yeah. But, uh, so that is um, definitely something I need to sounds like other people are checking it out so we'll put that link in the show notes and in your notes that'll be on patreon patreon yes definitely and then you know definitely you know you can talk to us in the in the book club tab uh, or channel they're called channels you can talk to us in the book club channel <laughs> or yes. the general channel or you know um there's a specific channel for witchcraft there's a specific channel for um green witchery there's a specific channel for cryptid uh, all kinds of stuff Auntie. all the things that we like yeah so, we're getting a lot of people it looks like we're getting people that are like signing on but they're not really like being active and that's cool but like you can be active too like like we're all friendly yeah we won't bite much i mean there's a sure there's a channel for that <laughs> yeah um but yeah, like don't be afraid to come in and say hi and talk to others. There's some really cool people on here. And, yeah, do your introduction. Know. Your introduction. Yeah. All, all your introduction has to be is, "Hey, my name is so and so, and like I'm happy to be here." Like that's all it has to be. Um, yeah. You don't even have to use your um, government. Yeah, don't use. You don't have to use your government name if you don't want to. No. Use whatever name you want. It's cool. It's cool. Now. It's cool. Um, so we are going to still try to do the live show on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Saturday, April 11th. Yes. Uh, and we'll shoot for 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That gives people on both coasts and everywhere in between. Um, time to get home. and You should be home. No, I'm kidding. Um, time to, like, you know, having it in the afternoon might not jive with everybody. Yeah. And like I said, there doesn't really need to be a topic for that. We just hang out and we want to hear like what you did for I don't know they're the full moon or what you've been doing in quarantine with your practice or what anything anything yeah so. if you want to talk about Tiger King I'll try to go watch it I mean <laughs> yeah um and that bitch Carol Baskin no uh oh, so. Lord. <laughs> um, and then like after this we'll have our show um normally and um the live one goes well we'll post it too so you can hear that but it'll be fun hopefully it'll work out we're so close to hosting a scary movie night because we have like how many papers we have now we said we when we got to when we got to 50 right when we got to 50 um we would host scary movie night we're at 45 45. we're only five people away right and even and so I um we'll have to pick a movie. How about- <laughs> and then when we get there, we're halfway to the uh Three Kings. Yeah. And our, guys- our our scary sleepover. Right. Where we do the Three Kings ritual and play with the Ouija board and all that kind of stuff too. So yeah. And so that's yeah. that's only fifty cool. more away after we hit fifty. So um mm-hmm. totally cool. We know you guys will do it. 
but also right now is a rough time. So we appreciate it still that yeah. <laughs> we still have patrons willing to, to give to us. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, the other thing on Discord too, you guys, is we do have Witches Support and Witches channel. Yeah. So if you listen to this and you have a shop or if you have an Etsy store, if you have, I don't know, whatever you do, like go and you can post your links there. You can post pictures there. Like we or even if it's not something that you do, but if it's something that a friend of yours does or right. we've posted you know? like our friends on there and uh yeah. and encouraged. Um it doesn't even have to be a shop. Like one of our listeners, um, they do podcast and I'm like, put your link up. Yeah. Like I'll put your link up for you. So yeah, if you listen, um and I know we've got some fans that either have YouTube channel, podcast channel, mm-hmm. it's a shop. If you do handmade stuff and you only sell it through PayPal, through DMs at one at a time, do that too. Like we want you to, you know, we like supporting our friends. We like being supported. So yeah, come in, let us support you and have the community support you, especially in a time like this. Uh, so yeah. with that being said, um, you can reach us on the Discord. Um, link is in the bio. You can find us on Instagram uh, and on Twitter. <laughs> our, our inactive Twitter. <laughs> You can find me on TikTok. <laughs> I like. <laughs> oh Lord, am I gonna get on TikTok? Um, yeah, there'll be a cursed TikTok. <laughs> gonna, oh God, we're gonna make fools of ourselves. Um, even more so. But no, if you want us to do the thing, we'll figure out a way to do the thing. What's the thing? The cursed TikTok. Oh, oh, I got it. I got it. <laughs> got this. Um. <laughs> From quarantine, social distancing. Hashtag wash your hands. Wash your hands. <laughs> don't touch your face. Wash your the rest of you, too. Like, don't stop. Yeah. Don't wear your shoes inside the house. Don't like, check in all the dirt and germs. Goodbye, you guys. Bye. Craig, you know what to do. Send me this. <laughs> How do I get Craig to send me this shit, actually? Cursed is a bi-weekly podcast produced by Bones McWilliams and Cricket Word. Editing by Bones McWilliams. The theme for Curse is Voice of the Trees by Sun and Moon Dance. Check them out on Spotify, YouTube, or at sunandmoondance.bandcamp.com. Follow Curse on Instagram, Twitter, and become a patron at patreon.com slash cursecast. If you're like it's, me when I get home, I take my scrubs off. Yeah. Just kidding. I don't get paid for that. But no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am essential. <laughs> That's our clip for the end of the show is you just saying, <laughs> I'm essential. <laughs>